sometimes the sparkiest people, the people that really give us that feeling, they're super hot. They're narcissistic. Guess what? They give that feeling to everyone. And like, I, even though I'm married, I still have this where I'm like, whoa, like I felt a connection to that person. And then I'm like, every other girl I know also feels that way about that guy. He's really sparky. And when you can kind of change your mentality, you're like, A, he could be really narcissistic and gives that feeling to everyone. And B, maybe it's actually anxiety. And I'm confusing that anxiety for butterflies. I think that's like a major aha moment. And so when people say to me, I just didn't feel the spark, I'm like, buck the spark, go after the slow burn. No, I, <laughs> like, <laughs> Logan, you have no idea what I, I read. <laughs> tell me, tell me. <laughs> We're your besties in your ear. Back for another episode of Mean Girl Pod. Wow. Happy New Year! Welcome back to Mingo Pod. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Alex is laughing at me right now. I was trying to make an exciting episode or back to another episode. That was it was exciting. It was so I'm I'm excited now. Welcome back to Mean Girl Pod. It's 2023, New Year. Happy New Year, you guys. Um we are, I feel like both of our voices are cracking. Like, I feel like yours cracked initially and now mine's cracking. It's because I'm nervous. I'm Why kidding. nervous? Um, I think that we should, this just hit me, but I think we should say, because don't you feel like last year we struggled, cry, like we cried in this room, we laughed in this room and we did it all with our listeners. And I think we should give a little shout out to you guys and say that we love you all and we're really, really thankful for you all. It's actually crazy thinking about what you just said because- we literally went through so much in this room and shared so much on this podcast. And I don't think our listeners realize how much they helped us get through it because of all the positivity that they sent to us. And we went through everything. And and I think it goes to show, too, Jordan and I were talking yesterday about New Year's. Well, before we do that, even though the year has changed, one thing has not changed. And I know we're all thankful for this. And that is that our sponsor is the one and the only Pink Whitney. Yay! And you know what a new year calls for? What? Shots. Okay. Go, like the holidays don't have to end. So take that energy into 2023. Forget dry January. Forget it. I'm not doing it. No one in this room is doing it. No. Keep having fun. Go to the bar. Buy you and your friends Pink Whitney shots. And cheers to a happy new year. Yes, I love that. We were talking yesterday mm-hmm. about goals and we were like, it's so funny because if you would have asked us this time last year, what's your goal? Like Mean Girl Pod wasn't even a thought in the ocean, in the world, in the sky. We haven't hit a one year, our one year mark yet. It's crazy. We would have never been like, oh, I want to start a podcast. It's like you did. You can't guess. It's like it goes to the saying when you make plans, God laughs that thing. It's like we couldn't have dreamed of this. And so it's like making goals, thinking of the new year. It's like you have no idea what's going to happen. And this is the best thing that happened to us last year. I know I have a hard time with goals because I feel like they kind of set you up for failure. And I was I, every year, though, I do 2023 goals and or every year I do a goal for the new year. And I was looking at all my past goals because I always keep them and seeing how much they've changed is insane. Like a few years ago, my goals were like, get this many followers on social media get this much money in my bank account. And now this year it's like, love yourself, put yourself first, like never apologize for needing what you want, like needing the love you deserve, like all this stuff. And I'm like, it's so interesting to see how my goals have changed over time. Have you ever heard the saying, if you don't make any goals, you never fail. Yes. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's like, 
I, I'll make a goal in January and then March will come and I'm like, that was the dumbest idea I've ever had. Here's 17 new ones. Well, I don't want to make goals anymore. Like get this many followers or have this much money. Like things like you have to hit. I want more goals. Like I just said, where it's putting yourself first, loving yourself more like little, like self-improvement goals. Yes. My goal this year is like relinquish control. Like just like let go of all the structure, let go of like having to journal every single day, like let go of all of that thing. It just like, makes me tight. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, it's okay. And put energy towards things I love. So like work, um, relationships, put energy towards that. Jordan. And Jor- put all of my energy towards Jordan. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, they say like liked attracts like. So you put the energy towards it, it'll come back to you, but you don't know what it is. So it's just like fucking relax is my goal, I guess, basically. Yes. I like that a lot. I need to relax more. <laughs> Y'all gotta relax. I just need to realize, like, Jordan, it's uh, you're going on year 28 soon, and you can't control anything in life. Like, the universe has a plan. Just let the universe ride and just accept what's gonna happen. Yeehaw! When you say ride, <laughs> I go yeehaw. Like, you know what we should do? <laughs> we should update your Facebook relationship status. First thing we should do in 2023. What would you? What box do you want to check? Single, taken, married, divorced. <laughs> In a relationship, married, out of one. Married. You badge if I was like, all right, guys, like, I eloped over the new year. I'm now a married woman. Um, first of all, I love that you said Facebook relationship status. Don't you miss the days? No one had to wonder because they could go there and look. 2017 or 27. 2007 <laughs> was a great year because I joined Facebook. Was that the year you joined it? Yeah. What about when you would date a guy and you'd go on, like the first thing you would do is you would go on Facebook and you would update your relationship status. And people would be like, are you FBO? Because you weren't actually dating anyone unless you were Facebook <laughs> official. Well, and then for a while it turned to be like Instagram official. So now, back in the day, like you said, we would go on Facebook to figure out people broke up. Now it's like you have to stalk people's Instagram and be like, when was the last time they posted together? Do they delete all their... If they deleted their photos on Instagram, it is like the most obvious breakup in the world. And now it's kind of turning into TikTok. Like when was the last time they posted or talked about them on TikTok? I like the people that just give it to you. Same. They're like... Like, hi, we have ended. And I'm like, thank you so much because oh, we were wondering. Let me just give it to you that I am fully single. Whoa. Okay. So Facebook status is single. Yes. Uh, ended the new year off single or ended 22 single, started 2023 single. Okay. Because I think the last we heard from you was like a little situationship, but the, mm. uh, the, the status, I don't think situationship was actually an option on Facebook. So <laughs> now it's just single. It would have been complicated on Facebook. <laughs> complicated was an option. It's complicated. Check. Is that a movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You for sure has to be. It's a movie. If not, we'll make one. Um, okay. So how was your break? Um, it was fine. I slept a ton. I slept like 13 hours a day. I told you I napped two hours every day. I didn't do much. I literally just rested. My mom was like, this was kind of boring because you just laid in bed all day. And I was like, mom, I needed that. Listen, Tracy. <laughs> Listen. <I'm> sleepy. <laughs> I was very sleepy girl. I had the flu. I was run down. I obviously ended some type of relationship of some sort it was just an exhausting break to be honest with you oh my god (laughs) that was such an uplifting update to hear but okay fine on a positive note though I will say I'm starting 2023 off on a healthy positive note all the bad energy has been removed from my life okay and this year is starting off fresh and you have a clean slate yeah I'm really happy for you and proud of you thank you you're welcome how was yours my break was it was awesome um, I spent like Q4 of last, last Jordan spilled a coffee. 
If you're watching on YouTube, you would know. If you're not, you should go to YouTube. Um, I spent Q4 kind of like uh, erupting my life on purpose. Like I wanted to break it all apart to put it back together. And I knew it was going to suck in the short term, but it'd be good long term. And I'm starting to reap some of those benefits. So when we got home for a break, like obviously you guys heard the episode where Graham and I were like, okay, this is what we're going through. And then it was like, I just did a lot of like self digging. And I was like, okay, this kind of like in therapy, dig it all up. And then you put the pieces, take Humpty Dumpty apart to put them back together. And I'm in the put back together mode, but over break, I just like did what I wanted. Like if we, we went to Miami and we stayed out to like 4 30 AM and like, that was fun. There were nights where I went to bed at 8 PM. Like I just did whatever felt like fun and like what Graham and I wanted to do. No structure. Like you said, you wanted to work on. And if I wanted to journal, I grabbed my journal. If I wanted to read, I read. And it's like, I just water the flower a little. Like, so I'm kind of in that healthy, um, I'm attempting to strike a balance, be less 1000% one direction. I was just going to say, wow, it was zero to hundred is our personality. And the fact that we're trying to be the 50, 50 is good. It feels really nice. It's hard though. It is hard, but it's actually not. Was it hard for you? It's been nice. I'm, 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 I've been working on it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's on the top of my to-do list to be less all in or all out. Like, why can't I just be there? Yeah, just like, um, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't have to do anything. I can just do what's best. And not punish myself if I don't. No hating the self. No self-hate this year. No. No. Let's definitely leave that in 2022. Yeah. Um, okay. So I went to this, I went to dinner. Yeah. You have a lot of fun stories you want to tell us. I'm excited. I, yeah. Okay. So I found myself like an all guys dinner. I, I was very social over the break. Um, and one time I was at all guys dinner and this in Miami, in Miami. Yes. And this couple came up to the table and one of the people that was there knew the couple and he just introduced the whole table to him. They were really like cute, nice, fun. We're like, hi, I'm Graham, I'm Alex, blah, blah, blah. How did not like, like, it, you know how a couple stops by sometimes you're like, whatever, like they came and they went. This was like a couple where you were like, wait, we all really liked them. What do they do? Like, what is their story? And like, can they sit down with us? That was the effect that this couple left on us. What a goal to aspire to be. To leave a lasting impression. Yeah. Just by stopping by a table. Love that energy. Having enough connection with somebody, like looking people in the eye, talking to everyone. And you're like, I felt connected to them. They walk off. I look at the guy that knew him. Let's call the guy that knew him Tyler. Okay. I look at Tyler. And I'm like, Tyler, who who were they? They were lovely. They had mentioned their six-month-old baby. Like, I just love them. He's like, I talk to the girl every day. And I was like, oh, like, do you work with her? And he was like, no, 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 like we talk. And I was like, wait, but that was her husband. And he's like, right, we like have a, like a thing. And I was huh? like, I was like, wait, I'm wait, sorry. What? I was like, wait, what? Like, what are the, why, what? Like Graham and I's jaw are on the floor, pick it back up, put it in. And I'm like, but she's married. And he's like, right. But, and so he sits by me. We're going through text messages. I mean, full blown, like <coughs> talking kind of scenario. She for sure has a crush on him. And he's like, he's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, but they're married. And he's like, but they got married to fix a problem. Wait, I have to quick ask this question. <laughs> so the husband has no idea, right? This is an open marriage. This is not an open marriage. And the husband very much so thinks he just ran into like his wife's friend that she kind of maybe knows. Has have these two people, your friend Tyler and this girl been physical or is it just emotional right now? It's emotional right now. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it was the most like 
benign interaction ever where you're like, that's probably like a friend, like you might have his phone number. They fully talk every day. And it was by chance that we ran into them oh by Lord. odd chance. They live somewhere else in Florida. Do you think that she went there? Cause she knew he was going to be there. I definitely think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Cause we had this dinner plan for like a long time. So I'm like, she knew we were eating here. I'm shocked. He's showing me like all the text messages and I'm like, okay, it's like a real thing. And it's not him. It's her. Like she's the main person in it. So then I'm like, show me her Instagram. So we look at her Instagram and I'm like, wait, they haven't been married that long. I'm like, they got married two years ago and then had the baby. And he's like, right. Haven't you heard of that? You get married to fix the problem. And I was like, oh, I have heard of this. Then we spend the whole dinner talking about it. And it's like the scenario. How old are they? How what? How old are they? Maybe like 35. Okay, so they're young. Yeah, 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 younger. Okay. Um, And he's like, they got, they had problems and then they got married to fix the problem. And I was like, I have heard of that. People Mm -hmm. think if you're, people could be in a relationship and it's really rocky, but you're like, I don't want to deal with the breakup. So you marry the person thinking it will solve everything. Yeah. And a lot of times I think people do that with (laughs) babies too. They're like, we're not fulfilled. Like we don't know what else to do, but we're married. So if we have a kid, it will fix everything. Oh, I feel like it's becoming like officially in a relationship, getting engaged, any milestone in a relationship. It's like we were talking about having a trip to look forward to gives you something in life. Like it makes you happy. And you're like, I'm living for two weeks to go on this trip. I feel like knowing you're having a baby's like, we'll do the nursery and then we'll have to raise a kid and that'll distract us. Mm-hmm. It's and all it's distractions. like, that's crazy. I was like, this is so Crazy to think about. It's sad. Okay, then one of the guys at the table drops this stat. This stat blew my mind this, when you told me. I was like, oh my God. Okay, so couples who live together, and this is a single guy, couples who live together before marrying have nearly an 80% higher divorce rate than those who do not. Which is crazy because you'd think you'd be the opposite because like, for example, I lived with my boyfriend for five years and we broke up because we knew we weren't compatible because we lived together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you, cause, because living together is the way you find out. Yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. And I was like, no way this stat's true. Because all of my friends, <clears throat> every single one of them, couples that I like look up to till this day, like people that I'm like, oh, you're one of my like hierarchy couples that I, I would like to be like you in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Live together before they were married. Did you and Graham? No. Which I didn't know that until yesterday. Do you know why no one knew it? Why? Because I used to be like, I thought that was shameful. No, I would Because I was the minority of it. Like, I never told anybody that Graham and I never lived together because all of my friends did. That I would feel, you know when you're sober and, like, you don't drink? People assume you're judgmental about those that do drink. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, you're like, I don't drink. And they're like, oh, you hate people that do drink? Mm-hmm. I felt like when I was saying, oh, Graham and I didn't live together before marriage, people were like, oh, you guys are really, like, prude or religious or something. Wait, I have a theory on maybe why that statistic is right. Why? Because... When you're not living with someone, you're continuously keeping your own life, your own hobbies, your own things that fulfill you. But when you live with someone, because I did this, your life becomes their life. And then you forget to take care of yourself and your own needs. And that's that's pulling this right out of my own person. <laughs> that's just a me thing. I, I don't know anyone that I, I literally don't know anyone that doesn't live. Same. She's I the first. I can't think of that. So I'm like kind of shocked by that because I feel like that's just like how people do it now. I can't think of I, I don't one. Know one person that it's like a prerequisite. Yeah. If you have to, be, I would be like shocked if someone actually got engaged before they lived together at this point. My That's why friend, I stopped telling people. My best friend, she has probably the happiest marriage besides you and Graham. 
and she has two kids and they did not live together before marriage. And people, so people, people ask me all the time. They're like, if I tell them, they're like, wait, why? And I'm like, well, because we had, I was like, not for nothing, not on accident, complete, utter accident. Did we not live together? It was because we had moved to a new city together. And then he had just come off cheating on me. And he's like, I really want you to move to a new city with me. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do that. But I am not living with you. Like, it was kind of like that attitude. Mm-hmm. And it was just by sheer accident that we lived apart. We totally, I'm like, of course, the natural step would have been to move in together. You save on rent. I get to know how you do the dishes. We get to do all of these things beforehand before we get married. But we literally came back from the honeymoon and moved in. That's crazy. I had no idea. And I was, and so then I thought about that. I was like, why have I never talked about that? And I'm like, oh, because I always thought it was almost like embarrassing. Yeah. Did this guy have anything to back up why this statistic was so strong? Like full blown just said it as a stat, like full just said it. And I was like, there's, and Graham and I were like, that's not true. And he's like, Google it. It just seems crazy. Do you think that just because divorce rates are just higher now? I think it definitely could be, but no, but this, this is what, so that's what, that's what Graham said too. And he says, no, the stats, not the stat is for couples who live together before marrying. So take that pile. And that's where the 80% is not in general. Got it. So take, so it's only accounting. And I was like, there's no way, but North Dakota is a very religious state. Um, so like, it's just more of a, I, they don't believe in it because like the religion to live with one another. You guys are the only people I know who, who haven't. Yeah. A lot of people I think chalk it to religion. Yeah. Um, but I have very religious, like I cannot think of a couple. Well, and, and now life is so expensive where it's like financially the smart decision to do. Absolutely. Like I, I can't live alone. So it's like, Hey, they live with a roommate. I'm going to live with my future boyfriend. hundred percent. Like hundred percent all day long. Unless I'm like a multimillionaire. <laughs> Unless I am. I know. But isn't that the most interesting thing ever? It's, I'm like mind blown. I remember me when you told I me. I can't figure like, it out. I'm like, I know. What? The only thing I could think of is that I, maybe like you move in together and then you buy a place and then you're then you're financially bound, legally bound before you get married mm-hmm. and you're in a rabbit hole and it's or, too late to reverse. It's even harder to reverse. You just get married because, and that's the thing where you think it will solve the problem. Yeah. So you just do it. And then the baby solves the problem. That's actually so valid. Like you're already invested. So it's harder to break up. Cause you're like, well, we live together. Yeah. It's, you know how hard it is to break up with someone when you live with them? Like I, you have to wait until the lease is over to do it. No, that's so much more of a, pro- that's, that's so, so true. Valid. I actually j- just heard a story about a couple that they, are not married. They live together. They've been together for a while and he's been like cheating on her a lot and she's forgiven and forgiven him. And it's gotten really bad to the point that he's being like blackmailed. Wait, what? Like somebody's sending him stuff. Like I know what you did. Someone is sending the family stuff. What? No, that's karma. I know. And the poor girl, she's, she hasn't told like her family because obviously they'd be like, get the fuck out of the situation because she's been kind of like holding on hope. They have a house together, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And now it's, it's got like come to a head because he's being like blackmailed. How so? Um, yeah. You don't want to be asking. Something about like a group chat of all the family members and this anonymous number. <gasps> and like, he's doing this, 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 and I have receipts and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, some crazy shit. That's but crazy. But that is what I thought of when you t- said the statistic because it's like a rabbit hole thing. 
you get stuck in it because seriously, think about having to move your stuff out. But I'm also really confused about it because I just think that's how things work now. Totally yeah, agree. for sure it's how things like, work. I don't know. I'm just, I'm I trying truly, to think about it. Like, I don't know anyone, especially in like New England, like the Northeast, like no one moves Yeah. in, I mean, it's, it's getting engaged count. I don't know. I'm I'm so It's truly a pre prerequisite in my mind. Yeah. Like it's absolutely. Like, it's like almost like engagement to marriage. It's like live to live with someone, then get engaged. Like you have like in my head, I'm like, one plus one equals two here. You have to. You must. I think I think our parents back in the day, like I'm pretty sure mine did, but back in the day, I do remember it probably was like, a, oh, you would never at least in the Midwest, oh, you would never live with that person before marriage. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, you guys live together, right? Like, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you're vetting it because then you've got a better chance at success because, man, when, by the time you move in with that guy, you're going to be like, oh, I can't stand you. Like, you're a slob. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. It, yeah. that's how the conversation these days go. But I think, I mean, Alana made a good point. I think it's just because, like, when you don't live with someone, like, you don't feel so much pressure to stay with them. And, like, you just continue to live your own life and you have your space and your own time. And, you know, like, you can get out of it so much easier. Mm-hmm. There is so much less hinging on it. Yeah. You don't have to find a new spot to live. Yeah. Because, like, thankfully, when I broke up with my boyfriend, it was a month before our lease was ending just by chance. Oh, not – was that in your head at all? In, I, I Subconsciously, I'm sure my brain was like, don't do it until – I don't like this style. It's made me feel angry at you. <laughs> it, <laughs> It shouldn't make you feel angry. No, you and Mike do not count in this yeah. season. I don't like it. I know. I didn't. <laughs> a lot of going to go home and be like, Mike, we're moving yeah. out. And I feel like the dog thing is like a millennial baby. Yes. Like a dog together. I, I'm not here. No, no I do. I didn't want to read the stat. Told me the stat, mm-hmm. and I said I'm not reading that because Alana lives with Mike. And she he told was, me that. She's like, I don't want to hurt. I her. said I go. I don't want to hurt her feelings. And he goes. The whole, he goes, it's a lot bigger than the three of you, Alex. Read the fucking stat. And I was like, all right, I'll read it. And I was no, like, sorry. No, it's so funny. I know. Okay. So then we started talking about how when you how the advice for everything is go before you're ready. Like if you have a startup or like with this podcast, like nothing's perfect, but just go ahead and start it. Yeah. Because you'll find your footing. Yeah. It's, and nothing will ever be perfect. So like you got to go. Yeah. But that the one place that doesn't apply is like when you're picking not a partner, but when you're proposing to someone, mm-hmm. it's like that's the only time where being 100% sure on something applies. Mm-hmm. That's what the table discussion was. And then I went back and I reflected. What did I say to you yesterday about that? I had a good question, but I forgot. You were like, is it, do you ever really know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm sure. And then I thought back to when Graham proposed, which came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. I was, I, we didn't look at rings. Like I had no idea. When Graham proposed to me, I remember being like, I don't, I have no idea if I could spend the rest of my life with you. Saying no seems pretty awkward. I'm pretty sure I'd want to marry you. So I'm going to go with yes right now. And maybe I'll just like figure this out tomorrow. And I remember thinking back to that. And then the next day when I woke up, I was like, of course, like you're just scared. You're scared, but you've never pictured forever with this person. So now you're picturing it and it does fit. But I was like, I wasn't 100% by any means. I was scared out of my mind. I don't know if anyone will ever be 100% because we're always looking for the next best thing. Like, that's in our genetics these days. Yeah, or you just have never even really... Like, I think it's okay to not be 100%. Yeah, like, it, if you think about, like, this podcast, we weren't 100% by any means for probably, like, the first eight months. We didn't even know if we trusted each other. <laughs> yeah. Eight months. Eight months. Yeah, sorry. Like, Today. I, was, I felt like um, 
four months. We were like, okay, now. But like, if you would have been like, you guys should start a podcast. We were like, we, we no, it won't be good, right? Like, and then it's like, just, <laughs> just start. Like, just go. And, and then see, it was great. Yeah, it's like launching a company. I'm sure you're like, I don't know. We're just gonna do it and figure ourselves out. And I do think, I think there's two ty- two scenarios. Like one where you're like, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And like, we will. I know. I want to make it work with this person. Or the other one where it's so bad, but you're convincing yourself it's good. Yeah. That's where I think it's like if. That's a no. Yeah. I also feel like there's smaller things that you can think about where it's like, do you want, who do you want to end your day with? Who do you want? Who's the first person you want to call in the morning? When you're out at a bar, are you thinking of other people? Like things like that. Like that's kind of how I think, like in my situationship, I was just in when we were talking about getting more serious. Someone asked me, they're like, well, when you go out, do you think about other guys anymore? And I was like, immediately, no, he's the only guy I want to talk to. He's the only person I want to be around. That's a male. And then I knew that was like the next step for me to get more serious with that person. Because you, you can, I know myself and I could never be like, this person I know for a fact will be the, 100% all in. Yes. Yeah. It's like when I was talking to you guys about the Graham stuff and you were like, you mentioned... I get so giddy when you see Mike or something. And I was like, oh my God, I still, if he walks in the room, like I get the giddy butterflies. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's just one of those things where that help, it does help, you know? Yeah. Cause you can't sit down and like answer a questionnaire. It's like not on Mm -hmm. there. Like everyone's different. It has to be like a gut feeling. Yes. I, I genuinely think it has to be like just little things like, Who's the first person you want to wake up and see? Who's the last person you want to talk to when you go to bed? Like, I know it sounds stupid, but you just have to, like, think about, like, the little things. Not like, oh, can you imagine your life without them? Like, that's a massive question. Right. Like, I don't know. Probably Probably. I could. Like, in one day, yeah. Like, I could do that if I needed to. But tomorrow, they are definitely the person I want to wake up next to. Yeah, but do I want to? No. And then this is what this morning I was thinking, like, build your army for a rainy day. Like, not the good days. Like, I was thinking, okay, what do I want to, you know, 2023, like, make some friends in New York, do some things. And I'm like, but I want to build this army for, like, the shit days. Mm-hmm. When shit hits the fan, who's got my back? Not the good days. Oh, yeah. Like, who's, who's going to go to war with me type thing? And, like, those are your people. Not the days where you're like, let's go out and party. That could be anybody. No, I, and that's something I learned really quickly in 2023 was when shit hit the fan, when, when the going got tough, like how do you resolve conflict? And I think that's like the biggest answer. Like when it's the shittiest day in the world, who's going to be by your side. And that unfortunately happened to me with this situationship. But the greatness that came from it was I had so many friends stick by my side. Like a lot of, you just didn't know about it, but like you knew and you were like, what do you need? My friend Abby was like, you're coming over right now. I'm not letting you go home. My friend Christian was like, I'm buying ice cream. I'm buying <laughs> wine. Like you're knocking me alone. My friend Madeline like FaceTiming for two hours. And I was like, oh my God, I might be going through this horrible breakup of some sort. But like I have this army who will literally stick by my side through the most shittiest days of my entire life. Right. Like when you're at rock bottom. Yeah. Who, okay. Do you know who Ray Dalio is? He's a hedge fund manager. No. I read his <laughs> book and he's been like, he's been one of the wealthiest guys in the world, but he's also been like one of the poorest and couldn't pay rent. And he was yeah. like, when you're the, the poor, you got a lot of friends when you're up. Mm-hmm. Like that's everyone wants to knock on your door when you can afford all the nice things. But when you're at your lowest is when you find out who like your true friends are. And like, that's when you don't forget. It's like, we need rock bottom. Yeah. And you're like, what's the, what's the good here? And the good in rock bottom is you find out who will go to rock bottom with you and still love you despite what you have. And then that could also be a way to see if the person 
is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with because if you hit rock bottom, is that person going to be able to pick you up and make you feel safe, needed, loved? And if yes, like they'll, they'll go through anything with you. Anything with you. Yeah, it, that's that's actually such a good point. I just flashed to all the shitty times. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good though. <laughs> but I need those because it shows you something. Yeah. Like the bad times truly give you so much clarity. Yeah. The good times are good. We talk about this a lot. When we're in a good time though, we're like, and when's the bad one coming? Mm-hmm. You know, like you hardly can enjoy a good time because you're yeah. just like, is it going to get bad? But in the bad times, just knowing it can sh- give you so much clarity on life, pretty beneficial. No, it... Yeah, I didn't even realize I learned that until we're talking right now. I know, I feel like, I'm like, I was, I woke up this morning and I was like, wow, I feel like in 48 hours I learned so much from 2022 that I didn't realize I did. It was like a nice little cap, cherry on top. Close the book. <laughs> bomb on top. Yeah, bomb. <laughs> cherry bomb on top. Yeah. Cherry bomb. No, but it was good because you said, before you came over yesterday, Graham was like, I really hope Jordan understands this is not a sign for a bad 2022, but it's a sign for a good one. Mm. 2023. 2023. And you sat down and you were like... Coolest thing happened. 2023 is letting me go in fresh. And I was like, well, because I've learned, I was like, if you don't have a, po- if you can't find the positive in everything, like it, it if, even if it's like the littlest positive thing, like you're going to spiral and you're going to, I'm going to turn into just like an unhappy negative person. And I was like, the fir- when it happened, I was like, Jordan, find the positivity in this and follow that positivity. And that will help you get, get out of it. Do you not truly like, okay, we say like growing up is cool, but do you not think like that inside and maybe we can do it more quickly now, find the good or almost just like let things go easier. Do you think that comes with age? Um, I think it comes with therapy. Oh, you think it's therapy? Okay. Well, I think like working on yourself and bettering yourself because I feel like definitely age, but by when I say age, it's because I've taken so much time to work on myself yeah yeah maybe it's too hard maybe it's too difficult to pin it to age because like sometimes I think about things that happen then I think about like how my mom would handle it she'd be like oh my god like you would you're who literally cares maybe experience life experiences it things become the bigger things become bigger and the smaller things become so much smaller yeah but sometimes I feel like the more we talk, I'm like, we've come so far in a year. Yeah. I'm like, is that, is that because we're getting older? And then I look at older people and I'm like, they don't care about any of the minutia. And I, that to me is exciting. Yeah. And I think too, we just have, we live a life where we've gone through so much. And like the more life experiences you have, the stronger you become as a person. Yeah. And the littler things that are really, truly little yeah. become. Because when I think about if uh, two episodes ago, you, what was the thing that you learned in 2023? You can't change people. You can't change people. And I was reflecting and trying to come up with what I learned in 2023. And I realized the older you get means you give people less chances. Okay. Because when you're like in high school or even college, you give like your friends and these boys like, or family members, like all these chances. Cause like we're all immature, we're all stupid. We're all learning together. But then when you're getting older and you're 27, you're like, I don't actually need to give you another chance. You hurt me and we're 27. We should know better by now. And it's okay that I don't want to go through that again with you. Do you also think it's easier to do it when you're 22? You're like breaking up with a friend. Like I could never. And now it's like, no, we're just going to go like this. Yeah. We're not going to go. You're not going to go to your caddy friend group and I'm not going to go to my caddy. For, like there's so much less of that, that it's like, I can break up with you mm-hmm. and we can be adults and we can move on. Do you feel that more? Yes. And also too, I realize that it's okay. Like 
like like you just said friend group when you're 22 and you break up with a friend you're like how am i ever gonna find another friend but with 27 you're like i've had so many losses and gains and new friends like i know it's gonna be okay because this has happened before and it was okay yes and it's probably more at this point common but better for both parties Mm -hmm. like if somebody and if, if we don't get along with somebody it's like oh that's just not my person moving right along yeah back when we were so much younger it's like no because we have 75 mutual friends i'm gonna see them at the same bar i don't want to be and it's like this anxiety ridden thing Mm -hmm. because of the way the world works and now it's like we don't get along see ya that's so true we kept people in our life for the stupidest things like proximity status this or that and it's like now i'm like it shouldn't be this complicated like we're adults i'm mature you should be mature friends relationships anything it's like if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. It's, it's really not a big deal. Is and it's like, like so much nicer. Yeah. Like we don't, you don't have as many seats at the table anymore. No. But I think everyone doesn't have as many seats at the table, which is nice. I, and I think the older you get, a, we've said it before, like a few shiny quarters is better than a hundred dull pennies. hundred uh, all day. All day, every day. Still a dollar. Still, <laughs> still a dollar. It's still a dollar. It doesn't matter. Wait, I didn't even think of it like oh, that. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I never even thought four quarters and a hundred pennies equal a dollar. I <laughs> love that. Wait, what did you think the analogy meant? I just thought they <laughs> did you said make that up? No. Oh no, the quarter. <laughs> I mean, I knew it equaled a dollar. Yeah, that's like a saying. Well, <laughs> the dollar thing I've never heard, but that makes. I never heard that before. I liked it. But it all equals a dollar. Sorry. What did you think it meant? <laughs> I just thought it meant like I don't know. <laughs> like four is better than a hundred if they're shiny versus tall. <laughs> no, no, no. Same, same currency. Yep. <coughs> it actually begs the question. Act. Actually, the technically one's not better than the other. That's true because they're oh, both a dollar, and you both true. you can spend it the same. We don't need to poke holes in that though. Nope, that's, I love that. It's harder to carry around 100. You'd rather have shiny things. Yeah, yeah right? that's so, the, the baggage that carry around 100 patties brings. And they're dull. No. They're dull. Yeah, and they're who dirty, wants to track 100? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the quarters. <laughs> Wait, I'm dead. That's, wow. The, the, more you, the more you know, the more you know. That's funny. Wait, didn't you have another story from Miami too? Yes. Okay. I love these stories. I forgot about this one. Okay, so I was with, this person who could be per- perhaps well known, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe they're like an influencer. And I was talking to this girl at the club that was like, I have the biggest crush on him. Mm. And I was like, okay. I thought that was so fascinating. And I was like, what do you like about him? Give me some of the attributes. She was like, well, I don't, I don't like who he is. I don't like his status. I'm like, I don't like how much money he has. And I was like, skirt. Like nobody leads with, I don't like how wealthy he is. And I don't care what he does. If you're going to say it, I would think it was probably at the forefront. Like I care what Graham does. Yeah. I, I think everyone cares what they're, I hope somebody cares what I do. Wait, yeah. did she say that in a way to be like, oh, I don't care about that kind of stuff or I don't like it? No, like I don't care about it. Oh, she meant it cut like she meant it like just to be clear. I don't like, you know, that he's famous. And it's like, 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 just to be clear, no I don't like asked. that Graham. She's trying to the be thunder. I was like, well, I, I was like, well, like, well no one you, asked. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. First of all, I wanted a list of attributes. <laughs> like, what do you know? Do you like that he makes you laugh? <laughs> but then I was like, hold on. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, oh, no. Right. Like we I was like, we all care what our significant other or the person we have a crush on does. I I find it one of the most 
redeeming qualities of someone. It makes the per- up the person that they are. <laughs> right? Like, n- you're not your job, but you are, to a certain extent, like, your drive, your yeah. work ethic. I was like, wait, hold on. It's a-. And then I went back, and I'm doing my hair the next day, and I'm like, the question is, it's okay to care, right? Yes. Yeah, like, I think she was just trying to sound, like, altruist. And, like, different. Like, she's like, like oh, girl. I don't care about stuff like that. Like, I like the... I like his personality. Like, bitch, no one cares. Like, but, no one asks. But did, right. she, did she give the things she liked about him? No, no. I, I At that point, I was like, okay. Her, I was like, that's good. Yeah, I've realized throughout life, and we've talked about this on the podcast, I think a lot of us get stuck in liking the idea of someone versus the person themselves. <clears throat> and every time a friend likes someone or is hurt, I'm like, okay. And my friends have done this to me, too. And we talked about this yesterday. They're like, okay, what do you genuinely like about this person? And don't say, oh, I like that he cares for me. Or, oh, I like that he makes me laugh. Because everyone should do that. They're like, give me details. Like, oh, you like that he laughs? Okay. Like, how? Why? Like, do you like that he makes you laugh when you're really sad? Or do you like that he cares about you when you do hit rock bottom? They're like, give me the details. Yeah, like the entry level to liking someone the bare is minimum. the bare fucking minimum is they make me laugh out loud and they're nice to me and they care about me and they're care about they're nice to my friends. They ask me questions. If that's your answer, okay, I would think I also could fit that category for a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a guy friend, anything. A boss. Like any of it. Anyone. It's like, but that this person makes me light up and they care for me in a way that I don't really care for myself. Yes. Or they push me. It's like, we got to go a level deeper. Or they make me the best version of myself I've ever been. Yes. Like going a level deeper. They hold me accountable. Yes. Yeah. Like one of my friends, she's like, she's like a hard lover. And she's always like, oh, so you like the bare minimum. Okay, cool. So you like the bare... She always says that to me. Oh, so you like the bare minimum. Your standards are really low. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, thank you for telling me. I will set much higher. But you know, I think though too, when you're with... Whatever you're with, it's so hard to pull yourself out of and say, no, that's not my standard. Like, Mm -hmm. I think who you're around can almost become your standard so easily. I think proximity is such a big thing. Like, whoever you're around, that's, that's my standard. And then you pull yourself out of it. You go home for 10 days and you're like, no, 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 my standards are this and Mm -hmm. I forgot, but you have to be the one that says that's not working for me. Pull yourself like that's a really hard task to do to pull yourself out of something and readjust. Yeah, that's why it's really dangerous when you're with someone who isolates you from your friends, because then all you know is that person. And you like you said you start to think that that is the normal way of living. Yes. Like we have to diversify. Yes. That's why it's so important to like keep your life separate, like keep hanging out with your friends, keep doing you because it's so easy to slip in that hole of like, they're my everything. Yes. That's a, that's a big one for Graham and I 2023 is be ourselves together. Yes. You know, like, because it's it's so easy to get caught up in coexisting. Oh, coexisting codependence. Those are my, all your eggs in one basket. Those are like my biggest fears in life. We've got to diversify. Yes. Okay. So on this note, of talking about single versus not and holding ourselves to standards, we have a really cool interview that we're going to share with you all that we did last year. Yes. That finally gets to come out. Yes, with Logan Yuri, And we're so excited to have her. And it's pretty much just talking about like the real reasons you're single in life. And it was such an interesting interview. It's very eye-opening if you're single. You and loved it. I loved it. She she taught me so much. I, I need to definitely take a lot that she said implement into my current life but it was one of the most interesting 
interviews or conversations I've had in a long time. And we're going to be in these next episodes. We're going to have little bits and pieces of interviews that we've done, single, married, anything you can think of. We've interviewed them and we're excited to share it with you guys. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Logan. Before we get into the Logan interview, a quick word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. We've all got New Year's goals. We all want to be healthier, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. We talk about meal prep all the time because we're like, we don't want to go to the grocery store. Someone do it for us. We have time. We have t- time, and we can budget better. There are so many pros, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to have this box delivered to your door with all the fresh ingredients. The latest lines of meals feature robust flavors, fulfilling portions, and they're ready in less than 15 minutes. Talk about saving time. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like a falafel power bowl, seared steak and potatoes, Ooh, yum. Southwest pork and bean burritos. With HelloFresh, eating well in the new year can be stress-free and delicious. With over 35 weekly recipes, they have options you're looking for to help you achieve your goals. And it is so fun to go on there and pick your own recipes. That's my favorite part. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Mean21 and use code Mean21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Whoa. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's, oh my gosh. That's code Mean21 and HelloFresh.com slash Mean21. That's, take advantage of that. Yeah. Holy what? crap. Now let's get into the interview with Logan. Um, okay, she's uh, she went to Harvard and she studied behavioral scientists who focus on modern and dating relationships. She's wrote this book. She used to work at, work at Hinge. She has a newsletter. I mean, this girl, she's married now, but she has spent the better part of her life digging into people who are single, why they're single, especially in the modern world. And it is so beneficial. She covers social media. She covers dating apps. She covers talking about fuckboys. I mean, she really does it all. And the reason behind why you look for these things. So all this girl does, all this book does, all her newsletter does, her website, she has um, dating boot camps. She is like information packed for single people and she's incredible. So I'm so excited for the interview. I'm going to send it to all my single friends. You're going to send it to all your single friends. I already have. Yeah, I'm forcing them to all read it. How to not die alone. Yeah, so let's get into it. Hi, Logan. Welcome to the show. Yay. So happy to be here. I love that we're like pretending like we didn't just have like a whole slew of audio problems. I'm like, hi, everybody. I know, Logan. We are so natural. Yeah, exactly. Um, Logan, we are so excited to have you on. The audience is fully briefed on who you are, but I have to say that we all read your book, How to Not Die Alone. And I think Jordan, she came in the office yesterday and was like, you guys, every sentence I read, I identify so hard with. <laughs> So I know we're so excited to get into this. I know we have a ton of questions. Yes. Yeah, so Logan, like we explained before, our audience is vi- or our podcast is unique because Alex is married. I'll say fully mm-hmm. married. You're married. Fully You're married. Fully, I'm fully married. Very single. Alon is in a relationship, so we are able to speak to so many different types of people. And your book definitely is more geared towards the single people like myself. And when I was reading your book, it was like I was being hit by a car. I'm like how did I not know this before? I'm 27 and I wish I would have known this when I was so much younger. So I think we should definitely start with the dating tendencies that you speak of in the book because that's kind of, I feel like, laid out the whole book to figure out what type of dater you are and where your blind spots are. So do you mind just quick going over those and what each of the three are? 
Great. Yeah. I'll definitely explain them. And then I would love to know which one you are and which parts of the book resonated with you. So yeah. So the three dating tendencies is a framework that I put together when I felt like I was working with all these different clients and each one was really different and they felt like they had, you know, this unique set of problems. But then I was like, honestly, they all seem to fit into the same idea of having unrealistic expectations. And so the three dating tendencies is a way of organizing that. So the first one is the romanticizer. And these are people who have unrealistic expectations of relationships. And so they feel like, all right, it's going to be love at first sight. It's going to be the soulmate. I'll know it when I see it. And there's a feeling of really an emphasis on the, we met, you know, how we met story. There's an emphasis on the way the person looks. And it's really an unrealistic view of relationships, expecting it to be really easy. And there's a feeling of, oh, it's getting hard. This must not be my soulmate. I'll break up with this person. And then the second one is the maximizer and they have unrealistic expectations of their partner. And so I know a ton of people like this and they're always saying things like, oh, you know, I like her, but could she be 10% hotter? Could he be 10% more ambitious? There's always a feeling of like, I want to take the best parts of this X and this X and this X and put it together. And there's a feeling of if I just keep looking, then I'll find the perfect person. And then the last type is the hesitator. And these people have unrealistic expectations of themselves and they feel like I'm just not lovable yet. You know, I need to lose weight. I need a more impressive job. I need to move out of my parents' house, whatever it is. It's like when this happens, then I can date. And so they end up not putting themselves out there at all. <laughs> which, and, <laughs> and which one are you? So why I really mm -hmm. like these three dating tendencies is because logan you have a quiz and i recommend everyone takes the oh thank you the dating tendency quiz because i thought i was a romanticizer <clears throat> when i was reading the book and then i stop and took the quiz and i'm a full-blown maximizer because i was lying to myself i'm like no it's, it's just because i want a fairy tale it's like no because i truly like always think there's something better out there for mm. myself and i i mean people listening to this podcast like hopefully you fall into one of the three and that can kind of let you know maybe why you aren't finding love. So, I mean, do you guys see that for me? Oh, I totally. Oh, my God. There was oh. this thing that she wrote about. I was like, this is Jordan. What did it say? Um, we made eye oh, contact. She's accepted. obsessed with the meat cute or something. We literally had an episode oh, yeah. about that. So, <laughs> Yeah, the meat cute, man. And that's why I thought I was a romanticizer because I tell these guys all the time, like, I just want a story to tell my friends. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed with the story the story and that's why I didn't want to go on the dating apps because I was like I just want a fun story to tell my friends but how can people get out of these tendencies like do you have any tips or tricks to get people yeah away from that Absolutely. Yeah. So I can go through tips and tricks for the, for each of them. And even the, the, we met, the being obsessed with, we met reminds me of this person that I was coaching recently. So I teach these dating classes and this woman was like, maybe the most intense romanticizer I'd ever met. Like everything was a story. It was like her sister um, and her sister and her husband had met when they were in high school. So she's like, I'm already not going to get the high school sweetheart thing. Like I'm already so behind. And then it was like, you know, this bad thing happened to me, but like, here's the story around it. And like everything was like so much narrative. And I was like, if that's the way your brain works, where you're always putting like a story behind something, like you can make up a story about the next person you meet, like, oh, we met on the apps, but it was so crazy because he had just restarted his app. It's like your brain actually is working in your favor a lot of the time. And it's like, if she was so obsessed with like cause and effect, there's always a way to see a story there. And so for romanticizers, the main thing I say is that, you know, who cares about how you met? If you're together for 50 years, 
the day you met is 0.0055% of the total time that you'll be together. It's just pretty irrelevant. And thinking about long-term, like, what do you want? You want a strong partnership. You want a teammate for life. There's so many more important things than this feeling of how we met and that it has to be my soulmate. And there's a lot of people who you could build a great life with. You just get to choose which person and which life you build together. So for the romanticizer, it's taking out that rom-com Disney influence and just saying like, hey, like you're a grown up, build your own story, like write the love and life story that you want. So that's for the romanticizer. The maximizer, which Jordan, it sounds like you are, is really about understanding that there's no such thing as a perfect person. And I think 27 is actually a very interesting age for this. Um, You live in New York, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I've done a lot of research like with women in this age group in New York. And I feel like this interesting thing happens where, um, you know, people like women in their twenties feel like there's always going to be like an infinite number of guys that are coming their way. And then like this woman described it to me as like when she turned 30, she felt like there was this game of like marriage musical chairs and like all the people got scooped up and she didn't realize this. And so Lori Gottlieb, if you've heard of her book, um, Marry Him, she talks about this where it's like when we're in our 20s, we reject guys for things that in our 30s we wouldn't worry about. And there's this feeling of like, oh, there'll always be so many people around. And like, unfortunately, that's not true. Like people do get married off. There is a lot of bias in terms of men dating younger women. And so I I feel like 27 is the perfect age to make a change around this and be like, what I need to do is to say, what are the things that matter to me? So maybe for you, it's like good relationship with family, loyal, trustworthy, super fun. What are the things that I can care a little bit less about? So maybe, I mean, I don't know you at all, but maybe it's like height and hobbies in common. And so double down on the things that really matter and care less about the things that don't. Because if you just keep searching for that perfect person, eventually a lot of good people do get partnered up. And then you are left with a smaller pool and you're like, oh, I wish I dated that guy when I was, you know, wish I'd married that guy from when I was 26. Like he was so great. I rejected him because he wore socks with sandals or like whatever it was. And so really having that moment of maturity to be like, let me know the things that matter and the things that don't. And then finally for the hesitator, it's just about getting out there. It's like, sure, maybe you should lose weight because that'll make you feel more confident. Maybe it doesn't matter at all. Like understanding that that's not blocking you from finding love. That's a story that you're telling yourself. And if you feel like you want to work on going to therapy or cleaning your apartment, do that in parallel with dating. The most important thing is that you get better at dating by dating. And so you need to put yourself out there to make that happen. I love that. I'm, I was, I would be the, I'm a hesitator. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that was, I like that. But I, okay, so I have a question for you about you because. <laughs> yeah, she, let's hear it. She's such the maximizer, but you have the, I love how you said the way to get out of that is like pick a couple things that matter to you and you have the chapter called Fuck the Spark. I think. Yes, yes. And so picking like the meat cutes, things like that. Um, will you talk a little bit about why it's Fuck the Spark? Why forget about the meat cute? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, like you write a book, you're sitting alone in your house, you don't know what's going to resonate. But this has definitely become kind of like the tagline of the book, fuck the spark. And it's because I think it's such a common thing right now. Like, I think we've all gone on dates and said this or talked to friends and said it where it's like, I met this guy, he's so nice, we really hit it off, not going to see him again, just didn't feel the spark. And so the spark has become this all encompassing phrase that means like butterflies and unicorns and the whole world stopped. And it's like we expect that it's only our right partner if we feel that. 
And there's just tons of evidence that that's not true. So the first thing is many people don't feel love at first sight and relationships grow over time when you work together or you live near someone or your friends. The second thing is that sometimes the sparkiest people, the people that really give us that feeling, they're super hot. They're narcissistic. Guess what? They give that feeling to everyone. And like, I, even though I'm married, I still have this where I'm like, whoa, like I felt a connection to that person. And then I'm like, every other girl I know also feels that way about that guy. He's really sparky. And when you can kind of change your mentality, you're like, A, he could be really narcissistic and gives that feeling to everyone. And B, maybe it's actually anxiety. And I'm confusing that anxiety for butterflies. I think that's like a major aha moment. And then the third thing is that lots of people who have the spark end up getting divorced because it's enough to like get your engine going, but it's not enough to maintain a relationship. You need so much more than the spark. And so when people say to me, I just didn't feel the spark, I'm like, fuck the spark, go after the slow burn. No, I <laughs> like <laughs> Logan. You have no idea what I, what I read. Tell that. me, tell me. <laughs> so I have I've dated a lot of people. I've dated a series of different types of people, but I have dated a large amount of fuck boys or narcissists. Okay, and yeah. Doing my like research of all the people I've dated, I'm like, okay, Jordan, all the guys, and I challenge all our <laughs> listeners to think this too. All the people who gave me like that really exciting spark or like that I, I need to see them right now were guys who treated me like crap or it didn't work out or that they were like that narcissist or fuck boy. And then the guys that were really good guys, I didn't have that initial spark with, but I didn't allow that slow burn to happen because I thought if you didn't have a spark after one or two dates, they were a waste of your time. So it was very eye opening. I think it would be really interesting to ask her what you asked me the other day, which was, so Logan, what do you think about, I think it just parallels this perfectly, the idea of somebody Mm -hmm. like loving that they're hot or that they're all these things versus actually them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super interesting. And one other thing I'll say is like, Jordan, I feel like Alex and everyone else can hold you accountable to this. Like when you say like, oh, I just didn't feel a spark, they can be like, who cares about the spark? Like it hasn't worked out for you. Like in the past you've gone after the spark and it fizzles. And so that's just like a good thing for friend accountability. Um, But Alex, yes, hold your her, hold her accountable. So Alex, I'll answer your question, which is that I often feel like we date someone either for their resume traits or this idea of them. And like, how often do you hear someone say like, we just make so much sense together Or, you know, like he's so perfect on paper, like he's exactly who I thought I would be with. And then like you get together with the person, you're like, he's kind of a dick. He's really arrogant. I felt insecure when I was around him. Like I felt myself saying things that I don't normally say. And it's like, why should you date the idea of someone? What you should really pay attention to is who are you around that person? What side of you do they bring out? And so it's like, I sometimes meet like networking work people and I come home and I'm like, I feel terrible right now. And I'm like, okay, like that's not a good person for me to have a friendship or a work relationship with because something about them brings out insecurity in me and other people. I'm like, they make me feel on top of the world. And so paying less attention to who they are on paper and paying way more attention to who you are around them. That's really who you choose someone who you want to spend the rest of your life with because you want to be with the person who brings out the happiest, most secure, most inspired part of yourself. I like that, like taking a step back and really focusing on how they make you feel versus just honestly like how they're going to make other people feel like when they see you with them. 
Yeah, have you ever left like feeling um, inferior, insecure after being around someone? Like I, I have. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's such a fascinating point. Yeah. Well, and Logan, on top of that, since we're in this world of dating mm-hmm. apps, like I think the majority of single people now are on the apps and are meeting people on the apps. How do we get rid of that idea of a person? Because when we're swiping, that's initially like what we're seeing. We're seeing how tall they are, where they went to college, what they do for a job. Because I know when I go on the apps, I am very superficial and I'll immediately go to the height. Where they, where they, where do they go to school? What do they offer a job? And if they don't fit this crazy criteria of me, I just swipe no without even giving them a chance. Like I don't even read the prompts. I go right to the <laughs> shallow things. I totally understand. And I think that's behavior that a lot of people do. And so I can tell you a few tips. So one of them is I had a client who was making a lot of assumptions. Like if a guy said entrepreneur, she's like, oh, he's definitely unemployed. And she would just like always jump to conclusions. And so a big thing I worked on with her is asking questions and getting curious instead of being judgmental. And this was with a different person, but I heard the story about like a woman who met a guy, he said it was an entrepreneur. She thought it was BS. And then he was like an insanely successful entrepreneur. It's just like, we often make these assumptions and we don't know what we're doing. So it's like, if someone says they do drugs, does it mean that they are like on doing a Coke binge every Saturday night or that they like take an edible when they go camping? And if somebody says they're Christian, does it mean like they celebrate Christmas and Easter or that they're going to mass every Sunday. And so really understanding that we often make assumptions when we're going through the app. That's one big tip is to ask questions and get curious. The second tip is to really think about your type and how can you expand your type? So for you, Jordan, you might be like, well, I have this idea of of a type and it's a certain school and a certain height, but like it hasn't worked out for you yet. Right. It's like you keep ending up with fuck boys. You keep ending up with people that aren't making you happy. And so I'm really a big fan of untyping or realizing that the person you end up with may be totally different from who you thought that would be. And I use my husband as an example all the time. Like, I've dated a lot of people like, you know, I dated like baseball players. I dated people that were, you know, really big business people, like all these different things. And like the guy that I ended up marrying who made me happiest and who we've been together for eight years. It's like, he's so funny. We laugh all the time. He knows every word in the dictionary. Like there's just so many things about him that weren't on my type list, but that make me really happy long-term. And so how can you think about that and think less about height, maybe less about geography, less about school and really go back to what I said before, which is like, I want to be with someone who makes me feel happy, desired, secure, and all of those things. And understand that so many times, like the school you went to is like a representation of, you know, who your parents were or, you know, like SAT prep that you had access to in high school or like all these arbitrary things. And that what really matters is like who that person is now and what side of you they bring out. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Same. But is that trusting the process? Like how, like... Like, that's great, but how do you do that? Do you just, like, putting putting that into action, would that be trusting the process for you? For me, I feel like, I would say the biggest thing for me in all of these situations is my ego is just getting in the way. Like, I okay. truly need to set my ego aside and stop caring what others are going to think about me and my future partner and only care how they make me feel. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, especially living in a big city where it's pretty competitive, I'm looking at the height, the job, where yeah. they where they went to college because I care 
a lot what people think, which I hate. And it's my ego choosing versus how they actually make me feel. That's why I picked the fuck boys in the past. Cause I was like, yeah, going to what, what you said in your book, which was like one of my favorite chapters was choosing the life partner over the prom date. Mm-hmm. Like we're always picking the prom date because they're the ones who look cool in pictures. The ones that have the most fun, your friends love them, but they're not necessarily going to make a good life partner. And the life partner might not be the coolest person at the party, but they're the person who's going to make you feel the best at the end of the day. So I think the it's just like, how can we ch- switch our brains into choosing the life partner versus the prom date? Yeah. I mean, I think that's very self-aware what you just said. You have a cool, unusual job, right? Like when you were younger, you probably weren't like, oh, I'm going to have like this interesting podcast. I'm going to be part of this brand and all this stuff. So it's like you didn't follow the common path of just saying like, I'm going to do a job that like my parents had had heard of at the time, right? Like you, you forge your own path. And so what I would want to encourage you to do here is like the fuck boy, the hot guy, that's kind of the obvious path. That's like doing what everyone expects of you and that's doing like the check the box thing what if you can actually do like an interesting life hack where you're like you know what I'm actually going to rise above that and I'm not going to think about what other people think I'm going to think about like how will I feel being on a plane with this person for 10 hours how will I feel when a shitty thing happens in life and I have to ask them for advice and just imagining like that's a trap that many people fall into and how can I forge my own path that doesn't worry about it that way and almost see it as like when I make the choice not to worry as much what other people think like that's when I'm winning wait I just yeah. I was <laughs> shook for a second <laughs> when you said what people like like the person people expect you to date that like hit me hard did it because I, I think a lot of single people have these perceptions of what like their parents want them to date or their friends want them to date and it's always like what that person wants for you versus what you want for yourself like I love how you just keep going back to how the person truly just makes you feel ignore the noise ignore what society wants for you and just like pay attention to how you're feeling inside and it's even like the crazy things like sitting on a plane for 10 hours that's the one that got me love that. yeah I yeah. don't know anyone I've dated I could sit on a plane for 10 hours with <laughs> I could tell right. you. Do you believe that people that are prom dates can change into life partners? Or do oh, th- these are such good questions. Yeah, I've never been asked that. I think that's an interesting point. I mean, another way of saying that is like, can a fuckboy stop being a fuckboy? And I definitely think so. And I just did a huge newsletter series about fuckboys. Like, why are people fuckboys? Why do we fall for them? Why are they so addictive? And I think one thing I found with fuckboys is that they don't really think much about what they want they just think about um like being able to seduce you and hook up with you and not commit to you and so i think that when fuckboys actually connect more with what they want they might be like okay i'm not gonna waste my time with this person who i'm not interested in because that's wasting my time before i find someone who i do want or maybe i just want to casually date right now so i shouldn't be with this person who wants something more serious and so i think a lot of like happily married people are former fuckboys. It's just like, don't waste your time with someone who's still in that phase. Like date someone who's post that phase. And I think that's like the really important point is like, we date people hoping they'll change and sometimes they don't. Why wouldn't you date someone who shows that they have the maturity, the interest, the in, you know, the um, ability to be a good partner instead of like hoping that they'll change? No, I love that. Do you have advice for people to be more aware of if they're in that changing period or not like are there any signs that these fuck boys or prom dates give people where you're like 
that's a red flag. You need to step away. Or like maybe they are in the process of changing. Cause I think I just hope a lot of people won't listen to that and be like, I'll hold on because maybe they'll get better. Cause I know I, I've been there multiple times. <laughs> yeah. If, so, if somebody was listening and say that, I would just be like, go for the person who treats you well, go for the person who's a good communicator, go for the person whose language matches their action. And I feel like that's a big issue with love bombing, with fuckboys, with all of this is like, they promise you the world, but then they don't show up. And like, we make so many excuses for them. Like, oh, they said they were really busy with work. So that's why it's happening. It's like, we are really good at excusing other behavior. And so sometimes an exercise I do with clients is imagine that a person you love and care for told you they were being treated this way. How would you feel about that? And somehow that third party view helps you be like, oh, I would be frustrated for that person. I wouldn't want them to be treated that way. And so sometimes we can make excuses for ourselves, but we wouldn't want to do that for others. And so my general rule of thumb is that I wouldn't sit around hoping someone will change or one time they're really nice to you. And so maybe they want to date you. It's like, that's a waste of time. Like be with someone who's consistent, be with someone whose actions match their words and don't sit around hoping for someone to change because all of those times that you're doing that are times that you're not meeting someone who is consistent and is really interested in dating you. The third party views fast. I mean, I feel like that's, fascinating and would have answered a lot of a lot of people's like am I dating a fuck boy or do we have some hope here no I love that uh Logan do you remember the tweet off the top of your head that you post on your story last night about fuck boys it was, like a, was it the <laughs> oh, treadmill yeah. one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, can you say do you know that off the top of your oh head? yeah I feel like I played around the language I can't remember exactly where I landed but it's something like dating a fuck boy is like walking on a treadmill like it gives you something to do but you don't get anywhere yes <laughs> I read that and I was like all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see, see myself to the door. <laughs> it does that's so true. So true. Yeah. Every time now, when my friend is seeing a fuck boy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that to them, and I think yeah. that will be, be like, yeah, that's very true. I think like one of the, you know, one of the ways that I did research for my book is I spoke to people who were kind of where you are now, Jordan, and then they were able to overcome it. And I was like, okay, like now you're in this committed relationship. You're really happy. You used to have like these issues that came up, like, what did you do? And I feel like one of the most common things was basically saying like, um, I'm anxiously attached. I stopped dating guys who were avoidant attached. I stopped becoming obsessed with the chase. I stopped trying to convince someone to like me. And instead I was like, oh, this person treats me really really well like what a novelty and so I really feel like you know just getting to know you that there's going to be a moment where you meet this really nice person and you're like oh this is how it's supposed to feel and all those other people were wasting my time they didn't take me seriously I didn't take myself seriously and so it's like you get to make a choice how quickly do you meet that person or how many more years do you waste your time with fuckboys but it's really like you're gonna have this aha moment where you're like oh this is how it feels when someone's really ready to be a partner to me oh I completely agree I also feel like now that I know my dating tendency and I know that since I'm a maximizer and I'm always looking for the next best thing I was subconsciously I feel like choosing fuck boys because I was like mm. well it won't last so I can still mm. find that next best thing that's so interesting so now I'm like now that I'm just the, the knowing my dating tendency has just literally changed my outlook of how I'm going to be searching for a future partner you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just, it's very eye-opening and I recommend everyone take the quiz. Thank you. Um, But 
to quick kind of like wrap everything up I want to quick dive into dating timelines or decision points or relationship decision points because I feel like in this digital world where a lot of us are meeting on dating apps versus meeting organically we don't really know how to handle a relationship for example I had a friend who met this guy she didn't meet him on a dating app but she met him at a party so it was similar like you meet someone for the first time and then you kind of start dating after that and it took her six months to even have that conversation of being exclusive and I know for me especially if I met someone on a dating app I don't know when I'm supposed to have that conversation of anything because I know Alex and Alana they met their boyfriend and husband organically so they were able to build a stronger Mm -hmm. friendship before they jumped into that relationship so do you have any advice of how to handle relationship timelines especially from more of like the dating app world yeah yeah i love this question because i'm really passionate about this idea of decide don't slide so this is an idea from relationship science that's basically about how many people slide through relationship milestones like hmm, i guess we're dating oh my lease is up i guess we're gonna move in together oh like a lot of our friends are getting married i guess we'll just get married it's like not thoughtful you're just like slipping to the next stage or you're like on this relationship escalator and you just like keep going to the next stage but what the research shows is that couples that decide that have intentional conversations that sit down and say are we exclusive? What does exclusivity mean to you? Does it mean you're deleting the apps? Does it mean you're not having sex with other people? Okay, we're moving in together. Does that mean we're engaged to be engaged? Does it mean we're seeing if we might want to get engaged? Really discussing what those milestones mean. Those couples are happier. They're more successful. They even have more sex. And so I really encourage people to have this decide, don't slide attitude through relationship milestones. And so specifically talking about the DTR, the define the relationship, if you look at why people delay it, I think they often delay it because of fear of what they're going to find out. And so if you look inside yourself and you're like, why am I afraid to ask him if we're exclusive? Is it because deep down, I don't think he likes me that much? Is it because deep down, I think he'll say no, and then I'll be disappointed? We often kind of shield our eyes from bad information. And that's a sign that there's something not great going on. And in general, like as a life philosophy, I feel like it's better to get bad news and know, and then you're informed and you can make that decision versus choosing willful ignorance. And then saying like six months into it, like, oh, he's been sleeping with all these other people. And when I confronted him about it, he's like, we were never exclusive. We never had the talk. And so if you're listening to this, I would really encourage you Two, you know, I think the timeline can be different. I think it can be a month. I think it can be two months, but really say to someone like, Hey, like we've been hanging out for a while. I feel like I'd love to give this a try. I'm having a lot of fun with you. Like, what about you? It's not a demand. It's not threatening. It's saying like, this is where I am. Where are you right now? And maybe you'll get the answer you want. Maybe you'll find out that this person's very far away from wanting to be in a relationship, but you are always better off knowing where the other person stands than by hiding from the conversation or making assumptions because that's really where people waste their time and get hurt. No, I love that. And I think one of the best things that I read in your book was just because you ask someone about where you're at in that relationship if they don't agree with where you're at it doesn't mean the relationship needs to end i think you gave an example in the book where someone asked this person if if they were ready to define the relationship and they weren't but they kept dating or not whatever their term of dating was totally yeah yeah, yeah. they both were ready which i appreciated because my biggest fear is someone 
asking to be my boyfriend and I'm not ready. And I, I would just be like, all right, we're done. But it's like it doesn't have to be over. Totally. You know what I mean? Like you guys can still see each other until that other person's ready. I mean, I wouldn't recommend maybe wasting your time. But I liked that. It was nice to know that it doesn't need to just like end a relationship if you're not perfectly on the same page. Yeah. And I just think that's like good advice in life. It's like ask for a raise. Maybe you don't get it, but maybe in six months you planted the seed that you want to raise. And then that person talks to you about it or like somebody did something that hurt your feelings. Like bring it up. Like in general, I'm just such a fan. I think this is a Tim Ferriss quote. It's like your life is defined by the number of hard conversations that you've had. Like be a bold person, like bring something up, like be that person that advocates for yourself. Because even if you don't get what you want in the moment, at least you know how the other person is feeling and where they stand. And then you are better informed to make the right decision for yourself. I love that. We always say on the podcast that rejection is worse than regret. Because I love that. I mean, I think that's so true. Might be rejected, but at least you know. Versus six months down the line, like you said, you ask them then, and they've actually been sleeping with fifty other girls. Yeah, yeah. it would be good to know <laughs> the entire time. Oh no, I love and we, that. Yeah, people are going to be better because of this. All all the single people are going to be having conversations, more Yay. sex, more sex because they had the conversations. <laughs> yes, and truly thinking about how that person makes them feel versus what they think society wants them to do. Totally. I think I think everyone should take the quiz because it seems like it really changed your perspective on the way you're looking for people, which is like hugely beneficial. Oh, no, it definitely does because I would, I would assume that most single people fall into one of those three dating tendencies and it kind of just opens you up, especially like while reading the book, of what view you're going to be taking throughout the rest of the book. Oh, that's, yeah, definitely. So it was really nice. Um but do you have any other questions for Logan? No, Logan, I, thank you. I think just as a, from a married person's perspective, <laughs> if I would have read this book back in the single days, it would have been so beneficial. So I think you're going to help a lot of people. I can't wait to forward this episode to all my single friends. No, I, I agree. It was funny because we were all talking and I was like, oh, I already sent this to all my single friends. But Alex and Alana were like, the title is a, my, like, we don't want to offend <laughs> yeah. anyone. And I'm like, no, send it to your single friends. Like, we don't want to die alone, okay? <laughs> we we want to find our person. And I truly think that this book is going to help a lot of single people. I know since reading it, my view on the apps have really changed. And I'm going in with a more open mind. And I'm excited to see what my dating experience will be like going forward. And no more fuckboys. And no more prom dates or yeah. fuckboys. Yeah. Let's all, yeah, let's all say together, no more fuckboys. No more fuckboys. No more fuckboys. No fuck more fuck boys. Boys. <laughs> Yay. Okay, Jordan, keep me in the loop about what happens because I'm rooting for you. I will. I definitely will. Thank you. Yes, Logan, yeah. thank you so much. This was awesome. Great to be here. Oh, wait. What are your social channels so people oh, can yes. find you? Let's do that. Plug, oh, sure. Plug yeah, people – yeah, people can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Logan Yuri, and then people can subscribe to my newsletter on my website, loganyuri.com. And every Thursday, I send out tips and tricks and research and stories about dating and relationships. Uh, subscribe to that. Thursdays. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, <laughs> um, fully. I was like, what? Of course. Yes. I'm already yeah. like, every story she posts, I'm like, this is information I need in my brain. <laughs> yeah. No more, no more walking on treadmills, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> there Thank we you go. so much, Logan. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. I'm obsessed with that interview. That yeah. was so good. How many shots, <laughs> how many shots did you take to the heart? Dude, I'm not kidding you. Like reading that book and speaking to Logan, I felt like I would, I've been slapped in the face. 15,000 times, but in the best way possible. I feel like someone shook me awake and they're like, Jordan, you're 27. We're now going to awake you to the healthy way to date. And that's incredible. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I love too, I love that she provides all this info, but she's like, a fuckboy can change. Yes. You know? So it's like, it's just so good because it's the world we live in. And I, I've learned that, like, I'm not, well, I am the problem. I am the problem. <laughs> but I learned, I truly learned the real reason why I'm single. And it wasn't all the stupid bullshit that I fed in my brain. It was literally based off of like, Things in her book like attachment styles, dating tendencies, choosing the prom date, like things that you can change. And when you do change, you will find that person. So I'm super excited to take everything that I learned and apply it to my real life and actually start dating in a very healthy way. I'm excited God, for that you. Was so beautiful and healthy. Thank you. You know, <laughs> you know the two healthy. people are going to see me go through this process? Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, and everyone, you know, great. all the listeners. And you guys too, because I share way too much online. Um, <laughs> but overall, great episode. So AB to continue the greatness of this episode do what you do best ladies and gentlemen like <laughs> why like like we're no one's liking anything um follow us we'll do continue to like but follow us on instagram facebook subscribe to our youtube channel follow us on twitter follow us on tiktok follow us on snapchat we're on every single social media platform we're biggest on facebook and leave that? us a five-star review <laughs> and we love you guys we'll see you on Monday. Yes, we love you guys. And keep us posted if you read this book and let us know how it's changed your dating life because we love like the real life stories. Have a great day.